You're listening to the Sermon Podcast from Real Life on the Palouse, reaching the world for Jesus, one person at a time. Well, good morning, Real Life family. How are you guys doing today? All right. See some new faces. Welcome you from the U of Idaho, University of Idaho. Met somebody from LCSC this morning. Thanks for coming and checking us out. We're glad that you're here. We're hoping that we can earn the right to be your family away from your family. I know you've got good family in your sororities and in your communities there, but if you need a church family, we want to be that for you. So welcome. We're so glad that you're here and that you're joining us today. Uh, my name is Josh Gray. I get to be the lead servant here at this church, and it's a privilege to be the lead servant slash lead pastor. Uh, excited about what God's doing with us in the church and just in the kingdom. By the way, hello to all of our beautiful folks online. You know that we probably have about an almost equal number of folks that watch us online uh, as that attend in person. So welcome to those of you joining us from your lovely couch and uh, glad that you would take the time to, to, to pick us and to join us today. So thanks for, uh, thanks for showing up. Um, so we're diving in. This is week number 12 of our Camping in the Parable series, and I'm really proud of this series. I think our teachers have done a great job uh, over this series. I know I've learned a lot from them and learned a lot at this time, and I hope that you feel like, man, I've grown a little bit deeper in understanding of God's parables and what that looks like in my life, and not just to have an idea of the information about the parable, but like applying it and the application that it could actually have in your life today. So uh, I get to uh, share about the parable of the persistent widow. And uh, what I want to come across today for all of us is I want us to double check and make sure in our lives that we are persistent about the right things. Because we are persistent but are we persistent about the right thing? So let's set this up for the context purpose of this. So this is a, remember, this isn't a fable. This is real time, real people in a real place, listening to a real rabbi, a real teacher teach them. And so this uh, parable screams context because if you just read it on your own, you're like, okay, what does that mean? But when you dive into it from what just happened, it kind of would make a little bit more sense. So what did just happen um, as we're thinking about this parable, the persistent widow, what just happened? Well, the, par- the, the, the talk that Jesus was given right before this was about the coming of the kingdom of God. And uh, he, he begins uh, saying, there's a Pharisees that ask him, when, when would this kingdom of God come? And they're waiting for this. And Jesus says things like, uh, the coming of the kingdom of God is something that, can, uh, that, that, something that cannot be observed. And that's just stopped me in my tracks right there as I thought about my faith and my walk and this church, you know, this church prides itself on being the, the, the idea that church is a team sport, that we are not here to just observe what everybody else is doing. We're not just here to come watch a show or have, have somebody entertain us with music, which by the way, I thought I was going to make it through, um, the Holy Spirit, you're welcome here. The first service, I was a wreck. I was crying like a baby up here, filling my mask up. And, uh, the second service, I was like, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. And I got like to the very end and I was like, Pah! because it touched my heart because I want the Holy Spirit to be here in a mighty, mighty way. I want it to be working within your lives in a mighty, mighty way. And so Jesus is sitting there and he's, and he, and he's talking about this kingdom. This is a kingdom of something that, that, that just not to be observed. The coming of the kingdom of God is something that can be observed, nor will people, can, or can be observed, nor will people say here it is or there it is because the kingdom of God is in your midst. It's here and it's now. We get to participate in the kingdom of God. 
And he goes on to say, and so just picture this, you're sitting around here, you're listening. This is a pretty important question because for generations, your parents and grandparents and their grandparents and, and for generations and thousands of years, they're waiting. They're waiting since the time of Noah. They're waiting for when they will be liberated. They're waiting for when, like, this is oppression like you've never seen it before. I don't know that we know oppression very well where we are. We're talking about your family members being butchered. And mocked in front of you. If you're under six, cover your ears right now. If you're under six, cover your ears. Like they used to play games with infants and throw them up in the air, the Romans, and catch them on their spears. We're talking about oppression, right? So when is it going to come? When is this kingdom going to come? When are you going to save us? What is this going to look like? That's what they're sitting there thinking, so they're pretty interested. And then he goes on to say, for the Son of Man in his day will be like lightning which flashes and lights at the sky from from one end to the other end. And he goes on to say that people were eating and they were drinking and marrying and being given into marriage up to the day Noah entered the ark and then the flood came and destroyed them all. They're like, yeah, we heard about that. And like with Lot, people were eating and drinking and buying and selling and building and planting or planting and building. But the day that Lot left Sodom, fire and sulfur rained down from heaven and destroyed them all. And if you're on your housetop, when the kingdom of heaven comes, don't go back and try and get stuff. And if you're in your field, don't worry about that stuff. Just be worried about the kingdom of heaven. And so he has this talk about the kingdom of heaven. And they're just sitting there. And then they ask a question. And he talks about that one will be left behind and the other one will, will stay. And then the, this other one, if you're grinding, grinding at the grinding wheel, one will be left behind, one will stay. And he says, where will they go? Where, Lord, where will they go? They ask. And he replied, where there is a dead body, there the vultures will gather. The end. What? What just happened? Like what? Now we're going to talk about the parable of persistent widow. Okay, cool. I'm just moving on. Not just moving on. He follows up the very next thing that he wants to say to his disciples after he just told them all this information about the kingdom of heaven and they're trying to figure this out and they're wondering, they're, they're, they're begging. What's this going to look like? The very next thing he says, he says, then Jesus t- uh, told his disciples a parable to show them that they should always pray and not give up. So he tells them all of these hard things, and then he says, let me show you, I'll tell you something so, so you'll pray and not give up. They haven't given up for thousands of years. How much longer do we got to hold on through this, through COVID? I don't know, it's like day like number 190, but we're talking thousands of years to persevere, to be persistent, to pray. And so he goes on to say, he said, in a certain town there was a judge who neither uh, uh, there was who neither feared God nor cared what people thought. And there was a widow in that town who kept coming to him with a plea, grant me justice against my adversary. And for some time he refused, but finally he said to himself, even though I don't fear God or care what people think, yet because this widow keeps bothering me, I will see that she gets justice so that she won't eventually come and attack me. And then the Lord said, listen, 
to what the unjust judge says. And will not God bring about justice for his chosen ones who cry out to him day and night? Will he keep putting them off? I tell you, he will see that they get justice and quickly. However, when the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on earth? Something happened in this parable uh, that happens in, in different pieces of the text. And I want you guys to say this uh, with me. Say, Kava, uh, excuse me, don't say it yet. Let me say it right. Kava Comer, Kava Comer. Kaval Komer. It's the greater than, lesser than discussion. How much more does the Father in heaven love you and care for you than an unjust judge who doesn't even acknowledge him? And you see this in like Matthew uh, 7. There's all over the text, but you see this in Matthew 7, 9. It says, uh, which of you, if your son asks for bread, will give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will give him a snake? If you then, though you are evil know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more then, how much more will your Father in heaven give good gifts to those who ask? So there's this unjust judge. Well, let's talk about, what do you mean this unjust judge? What are they dealing with? In context, they've been conquered by the, uh, the Persians, the Assyrians, the Babylonians, and now the Romans are oppressing them. And this is, Hundreds and hundreds of years of oppression, of unjust judges, unjust people that are in high levels of leadership. We celebrate the persistence, uh, we celebrate uh, persistence. We celebrate people who persevere. We look forward to that. You guys know uh, there's this old guy named Elvis Presley. He died a long time ago. Um, And Elvis Presley after his first uh, performance at the Grand Ole Opry, they told him, son, you better go start driving truck. You're not going to be successful. And Elvis Presley, even though he's been dead for 40-some years, makes more money than all of us in here combined probably in, a, in a, any given weekend because of his music. You've heard of Michael Jordan getting cut from his basketball team and to go on to be one of the greatest players of all time. How about this? Have you guys ever heard of any of these movies? E.T. It's an old one. Saving Private Ryan, Jurassic Park, any of the Indiana Joneses movies, Schindler's List, Catch Me If You Can, Steven Spielberg. Denied from a performing arts school three times. He graduated from that same school 34 years later after he had uh, directed all of these famous films. He was persistent. He was persistent. But are we being persistent about the right things? Persistent. Jesus is calling his people to be persistent in prayer then. And he's calling us to still be persistent. And why prayer? Why after all of those things that he just said, why does he want us to pray and not give up? What, is, what are we doing when we pray? just firing off request to the almighty uh, hotline there, see if he'll help us? Are we actually building a relationship? When we start building a relationship with God, guess what? You can start to hear and understand the will of God. And when you start understanding and, and hearing the will of God, it starts coming out of you and you start acting godly. And when you start acting godly, you are helping him bring the kingdom of heaven crashing to earth. And he picked you 
freshman sitting in here for checking out a church for the first time. He picked you, 45-year-old dad of three. He picked you, grandma, grandpa, if you're in here in your 70s. You're not done. It hasn't stopped. We're all in development, and you're all needed. He needs us to be persistent about the right things. You know, I have some stories about persistence and how it's helped me greatly and how it's hindered me greatly. I didn't know this, um, but when I was a kid, I was, I was pretty dyslexic. I always got to take all the classes a couple times. It was pretty cool. They really, I really got to know people. It, got, it was so much easier the second time I took geometry, you know, because I learned some of it. I was always a kid looking out of the window. I wanted to be out there. I had A, D, 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 B, H, C, F, whatever, all of the letters that you're supposed to have that you should get medicated for. You look at me now. I'm just pouncing around. Should stay behind the podium. I had all of that stuff. And I remember... Um, I wanted to better my family, and part of bettering my family was finding a better career, and I had this opportunity to become an insurance agent. And to become an insurance agent, you need to take an insurance test. And so I knew this. This is like was a big deal for my family that I needed to pass this test. Do you know how many times I failed that test? Every time I failed it, I had to pay $125 to go take it again. I'm going to say, the study process was brutal. They made me put a cassette tape. There's this cassette tape things. They were like these plastic things, and you put them in this, and they made me sit there and play and listen to this guy talking in a monotone voice for 40 hours. So that was my excuse the first time. It wasn't presented very well, so I couldn't learn it. And then I had an excuse for my second time. And we didn't have this kind of money to be throwing at a test like this. This is in 1995, four. Some of you weren't born. We didn't have this kind of money to be persistent, to be paying for a test like this. And I remember coming home the third time to my wife, who I've been married to for 25 years, one month from today, babe. 25 years. Yes, it's a miracle. Clap for her. Clap for her. Um, I remember coming home to, to my wife, my head down, pretty embarrassed. And I have a very persistent wife. That's why you need to be in community. There are times when you're going to want to quit on your faith and you need to be in community. There's times you're going to want to quit on your marriage and you need to be in community. You need to be in community with each other and you need to be willing to be persistent in hearing from God. More persistent than you are with Instagram. More persistent than you are with whatever game you play. There's this kid that I walk by every time in the mall during the week, and he's probably a brilliant kid. He's like 24 years old, and he's always playing a video game, and it'll be hours, hours on his phone playing a video game in there, sitting there, playing for hours in video game. I'm like, do you have a job? Like, he's got to be like 25, like just playing the same video game. Every time I walk by, it's like I come by at 10 o'clock, and I come by at 2 o'clock, and he's still playing the same game. 
Don't be persistent at video games. Well, maybe, but like, is that what you're going to be proud of later on in life? That you were really good at Fortnite? I used to be really good at Call of Duty. So, <laughs> so the 10 year olds kept killing me with their shovels. I didn't really like that and talking to me. I was very frustrated about that. I'm not bitter. I'll let it go. <laughs> Where did that come? That wasn't even in the first service. This is bonus material. But I remember coming home and getting encouraged by my wife. No, you can do this. You can do this for the fourth time. <laughs> and I went on to pass that, and I went on to have what many would consider a pretty successful career in the insurance industry, learning how to learn. So you can be persistent about the great things, and you can encourage people to be persistent In school, you can encourage people to be persistent in their faith with their walk, but Jesus demands and asks and pleads with his disciples to be persistent in prayer and to not give up. You can also be persistent in the wrong things that lead you down a path of destruction. Some of you know the story. I was persistent in gambling. I was persistent in losing. Right? I pray that if if you try to gamble, you lose right away. The worst thing that can happen to you is winning right away. But we all have our hang-ups. We all have our things that we need to overcome, that we need to learn how to change our viewpoint, and we need to learn how to be persistent differently. And what in your life are you going to be excited about 10 or 15 years from now that you were persistent about today? You know, we see this model about this persistent widow in Luke 2 uh, rolls back to, to before the time, right at the beginning of Christ's birth there. There was a prophet there's also a prophet, Anna, the daughter of Phanuel from the tribe of Asher. She was very old. How'd you like to, that to be your description in the Bible? She was very old. And she had lived with her husband seven years after her marriage. So people probably got married at 12, 13 at that time. And so maybe her husband passed away when she was 19 or 20. It matters. And then was widowed until she was 84 years old. Well, what did she do with her time as a widow? Let's say it was 50 or 60 years. She never left the temple, and she worshiped night and day, fasting and praying. Coming up to them at that very moment, she gave thanks to God and spoke about the child to all who were looking forward to the redemption of Jerusalem. She was waiting for her Redeemer to be born. She was in communion with God. She was praying and fasting about the future. So as we get ready to enter this time of communion, hopefully you got one of those. You can start opening now. If you're new, these are exciting to open. Be careful. Don't spill it on yourself. Um, But I want to kick around some questions, and then we're going to go into a time of directed prayer about the right kind of persistence. What... Are you going to be excited about in your life that you are persistent about? You know, your church right now, we're looking at our initiatives and we're, we're doing the same exercise within our staff. What are we going to be really excited that we accomplished by January? So the things that we do in September, October, November, December, what are we going to be really excited about in January that we did? Not just surviving, but how are we moving the kingdom forward? What are we doing? How, what, are, what are we offering? What are, how are we bringing community together? How are we empowering? How are we creating a culture of family? How are we thinking about the kingdom as a church? 
So question number one, what are you going to look back in your life and be glad that you are persistent about? Some of you in here, maybe you are persistent about your grades and you're receiving the benefit of having some scholarships because you were persistent when you were in high school about your grades. Some of you in here are, 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 are maybe receiving the rewards of being a persistent parent and now you're enjoying your kids and your grandkids. I think that God's going to not leave you alone here today. I think that he's going to call you to be more persistent about something today. I don't know what that is for you individually, but I think he's going to reveal to you something that you need to be more persistent about. And when he does, who are you going to tell? When he does, how are you going to hold yourself accountable to it? Because usually the things he asks me to be persistent about are difficult for me. But he wants to mold me. He wants to change me. And how about this third question right out of the text? However, when the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on earth? What do you think Jesus was asking with this question as it pertained to his disciples? And what do you think he would be asking this question as it pertains to you in your life. So if you just join me in praying right now, we're going to pray and then we'll take communion together. Just just uh, clear your mind. Let your heart be open to where God leads us. Lord, help us to be persistent in prayer, specifically for the lost. Lord, I know there's lonely people walking around this life, walking around the university. Maybe they walked in here. And they're walking around without acknowledging who you are. So, Lord, I just ask as you put these people in our paths that we would be good examples. We'd be shining lights. There'd be something peculiar about us, maybe even weird, but not that weird. That people would want to know why we would view things, why we would not give up in trying times, why when things go crazy, we, we, we go to you even harder. Help us to be persistent about the lost. Lord, let us be persistent in prayer for the hurting believers in here and online. You know, some of us in this room and online, maybe we had a rough week this week. Maybe we're struggling with health or finances or doubt or fear or marriage or kids or relationship or connection. A lot of our young people are hurting from missing the, quote, normality of school. Lord, show us the folks that are hurting and let us and use us to help heal. We want to be your healing hands. Lord, let us also just be persistent in prayer for our church and the communities we live in, Lord. 
We want to represent you well. When people need love, when they need compassion, when they need hope, let us point them to you well, Lord. Let us model love, compassion, and hope. Hope for the future, hope for for healing of the past. And last of all, Lord, let us just be persistent in our pursuit of you over all things. Nothing gets in the way of our relationship with you. Lord, you pursued us all the way to the cross. Lord, help us to meet you there and then go beyond with you, Lord. The Lord Jesus, on the night he was betrayed, he took the bread and he broke it and he gave thanks. He said, this is my body, which is for you. Remember me. Let's do this to remember him. In the same way, after supper, he took the cup. He said, this is the cup of the new covenant in my blood. Do this, and whenever you drink of it, remember it's me. For whenever you eat this bread and drink this cup, we are proclaiming. We are proclaiming his death until he comes again. Lord, we proclaim you. Father God, just lift up this time to you. Let us celebrate the persistence that we see of you in the text. Let us celebrate the right things and be persistent about the right things and scream and show us, show us, Father, what that is. Let us chase you and pursue you hard. Let us bring your kingdom here in a mighty, mighty way. Father, we just thank you for this time. Amen. Thanks for checking out this message from Real Life. You can find out more about us by visiting liferotp.com and connecting with us on Facebook and Instagram. Until next time, have a great week.